Um, apart from having been raised in, in a kind of a Gandhian utopian uh, place, Sevagram in the centre of India, uh, where, uh, but actually urbanism was the enemy, you have to remember that there's not a Gandhian thought in which urbanism is, is impossible. Uh, it's, not, it's not just something to be done well, it's, uh, it's, it's wrong. So, so I, I, it was a while before I actually became an urbanist. Um, and um, fast forward many years later, having done um, practice in, 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 in the UK for 10 years, I went back to India and um, did some research, which turned into a PhD, uh, about a phenomenon that uh, actually is quite is a running theme in in these kinds of discussions about urbanisation around the world. And the theme is: to what extent can Western models serve their purpose in these other contexts? Uh, and that goes up and down. Uh, and I'll come back to that in a moment. But uh, when I first got involved, uh, very quickly, I, I, I remember thinking or writing that actually the kind of study that I was trying to do in India was like playing chess in the middle of a football pitch, which, which an extremely violent and ill-disciplined game of football was underway. And it's, it, was, it was completely incongruous. Uh, uh, and yet you had, there were people trying to do that. Uh, in the meanwhile, the city was expanding at something like half a kilometre a year basically going past you, you know, as, as you try to work out what the future might be. Um, and now, these 30 years later, that was, that was 31 years ago I started that, and got PhD in 1988, um, it's even more like that. I think that the, what's unfolded is, is even more extreme. And um, the theme of what needs to be learned and from where has been consistent throughout. Um, people before me, had come and studied in the UK, gone back with ideas, decided they were wrong, uh, had an extreme reaction to any Western idea whatsoever, found up, didn't work either because the world had moved on, then they tangled and back and forth and back and forth, and uh, we are where we are today. And I think, I think, however, we have, I think, to be very conscious of the appropriateness of the solution and have the humility uh, in, in both directions. Uh, in this, I find mixed optimism uh, and rationalism. Uh, it doesn't ever give in to any kind of um, not irrational, um, kind of culture-based thinking. It seems to me, it's it's very um, you know, it's, if it's the right thing to do, it's the right thing to do. Uh, it's very uplifting, and so I think today's session is very welcome for that. Um, I'm just going to. Uh, set the scene very, very briefly with just a glimpse of some of the, uh, the work I did, and it, it's, it's actually, in a sense, not so much about planning cities, it's actually about the, the urban fabric itself. I'm, I'm an architect, uh, although I've been, become involved in urbanism and I've done things like chair, uh, be part of the trustees of the Centre for Cities and been very much involved in econometrics and, and all those things. In the end, urban form and where people actually live and the neighbourhoods they live in and their environment is, is my uh, key concern. Um, anyway, what um, I had noticed out of train windows is the way that there was actually um, an urban form, and you also see this in, in, in classical texts and others, which had been the, almost consistently developed for 5,000 years in India and North India, in the, in the hot and dry uh, climates of North India, all the way from... Mohenjo-daro and Harappa, the Indus Valley civilizations, right to the, to the present almost. And that within the last 
50, 60 years, um, as it then was, and actually more since independence, that form had not only been completely abandoned as a model for the future, but actually was being demolished. And, and you know, uh, in, in the old city of Delhi, for example, uh, those old Havelis, as they were called, of the wealthy or not so wealthy families were being turned into um, warehouses and such like. Um, is this changing? Um, yeah. You can use the, uh, yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. So very, very quickly, um, it's entirely about form. This is how the old cities look. You know, they, the, the ground is remade uh, at roof level. Uh, a pigeon fancier. We met somebody who learned to play cricket up there. This is an extraordinarily mixed, amazingly uh, use um, in a multivalent kind of space. There are occasionally trees. Uh, in courtyards. Um, the, there's a lot of mutual overshadowing of buildings. It deals with the climate very, very well. People are able to exist without air conditioning. Uh, and uh, of course, it is hot, it's uncomfortable. Nobody claims it is anything other. Uh, but um, but, but it, it worked for a long time. It had extended families, it had its own logic. Um, and this paradigm was entirely abandoned for something which is almost the opposite, where the tree Instead of being in the city, the city is amongst trees, and that's the kind of paradigm. Uh, it has large monofunctional roads and uh, in, in complete contrast. And this is, by the way, I'm making no value judgments at this point uh, to the heterogeneous, multi-use uh, city. Actually, this is a British road, as it happens, in Shah Jahanabad. And you can see it had neat pavements made in, in the presumably the... The, the hope that people might walk on the pavements and <laughs> vehicles might be on the road, but that isn't—that's not how it, life's not like that. You know, it's, 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 it doesn't make sense. So people appropriate and use it, and I can tell you a whole story about this shot, but I won't because we haven't got the time. But it's—it's it's actually the most extraordinary density of, of multiple functions. It is ceremonial. It's ceremonial when it needs to be uh, on the right. It's utilitarian when it needs to be on the left. Entirely interchangeably, in contrast to the ceremonial axial roots uh, expressive of temporal power of, 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 a, of a colonial administration, whose habits linger uh, very strongly. Uh, the streets are full of uh, kind of a expressive individualism in the villas, uh, villa-type blocks that, that clamor for attention uh, amongst each other and are built by individuals in the more wealthy South Delhi colonies. In contrast to the equally uh, wealthy or, or uh, merchants havelis in the old city, which although they are very individual, they, they have the individuality of faces in a way, to my mind. You know, i.e., they're each different, but however, they they seem to share a kind of uh, typology which which helps to make the urban realm. And I think that's the key thing: is that these are not only houses which work brilliantly in climate, but they made the urban realm. And the courtyard, of course, was, was a key to, to that, in contrast to the expression of the villa typology, where this image is, is the image that sells the place. You know, you, you have your house, there's the car. Greenery is very important. You know, there's a kind of a freedom. There's almost, this is associated with a kind of, what the, what the word kulapan is, is, was used over and over again. It means openness, kulapan. Everything is open. It's as if the air itself has been made more available. You know, there's a kind of a strong, very, when people talked about why they liked this, it was very strongly felt. Uh, and there was a lamentation about the old 
uh, villa typology, but it was half-hearted. So it was very interesting, and I won't uh, then go on to any conclusions from this, but just to say this is what fascinated me. Here's a, a view from within the, um, the you know, so on, the, on, your, right on your left hand is a, sort of a jaroka, uh, uh, a, a sort of balcony, which is neither in the street nor in the house in between, and this is on the, on the right, a view from within it, looking out to the house. And this plays so many functions, it, it gives you privacy and yet openness and so on. Whereas actually, the, the balcony, of course, survives, but in a completely different way as an expression of connection uh, as strong as possible with, with openness and greenery and so on. So uh, on, on the left, the urban typology of Shah Jahanabad, and you might see a little figure ground drawing of a house in there. It's exactly the same scale. On the right-hand side is a house in a New Delhi colony. And the, you, can, you can see the difference in densities. The, but, but in addition to that, the house on the left would have been occupied by maybe 30, 35 people in an extended family over five stories. The house on the right is occupied by a nuclear family. Uh, of five or, or six uh, and, and servants, so um, it's it was it was a fascinating thing, and it uh, it, it can be summarised in this uh, diagram, which has been used before by people like land use and build form studies to discuss perimeter planning. But actually, it shows that the extraordinary cultural contrast between these two. So my question really was, why? What is it that stops us recruiting? The kind of the the the, the, the genius of uh, of typologies that are built up in a place. Why can't we recruit them to solve problems of today? And uh, I found some answers to that, but that will be uh, take too long. And I hope that it's something just to to, to log for the rest of the day. Oh, Thank so. you. Thanks.